This is the Relevant Life Church podcast, where we are about connecting with God, relating to people, and reaching our world. Tune in as our church goes through this week's teaching in God's Word. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. So glad that you're here today. How many brought your Bibles into the house? I see people carrying their Bibles today. That What an amazing idea that we would bring uh, paper Bibles to church. That was a challenge that we've had the last couple weeks. And so I want to remind you, this is, you know, uh, uh, I remember the, the, the statement in church, this is my Bible. It's God's Word to me, and we need to come back and bring back God's Word because we realize that the legacy of God's Word is something that we implant in our lives, but it's something we can also pass to our children when it's in written form. I can't pass my Bible app to somebody, and uh, Pastor Trent did such an amazing job in, cre- in creating that tension. Today, how many are excited uh, that BGMC won? Right? I love the fact that we gather together and we can win and we can push for so many things. And so thank you so much for your generosity and your giving. And next year, guys, we will win. Right? No, uh, it is all about the competition uh, because we like competition. But it's all about missions. We're competing for missions. It's for the mission, it's for the mission of Christ to go forward. And can I tell you, that's really what we should be fighting for in everyday lives. It's the mission of Christ to go forward. Uh, just want to really quickly draw your attention. We did great with the announcements. You're going to see uh, uh, Young Adults Coffee Bar out there. Make sure you support them. Those monies are going towards a future retreat for them. Uh, you're going to be seeing that our, our children are selling Jamba Juice cards, and that is going towards our VBS that's going to be taking place in, in, Mar- or in June. So we need your participation. This is not just idle money going. We're wanting to complete mission. We want to be able to do something for God in a dynamic way. So we need your help and participation in that. Also, uh, today is the final day for Held by Design, our women's retreat registration. Uh, women, you don't want to miss it. Uh, Debbie Lambre, amazing communicator, is coming with the Word of God, and she's excited for it. Rhonda's got a passion for this. The women's team has a passion for this. And uh, I, don't wanna, I, I don't want you to feel sorry for yourself after it's done going, I wish I would have gone. So today is the day to sign up. And if you do have money complications with that at all, please see Pastor Rhonda. We don't want money to be uh, a barrier for you to go and participate. Today, I'm excited. Uh, turn to your neighbor and say, love where you live. Come on, love where you live. Where's the passion? We're, uh, today, we're continuing on with uh, a friend of mine. Not only is he going to talk about love where you live, but he's going to talk about a thing called Youth Alive. Uh, Tom and I go way back. Uh, we're only 29 years old, and so uh, we're, we're perpetually stunted there. Right, that's right. Um, I, I, love, I love being able to, to include another communicator. I love what Tom does. I love his heart and his passion. Uh, but what a person to be able to come and speak and communicate about loving where you live. Uh, if, if someone could embody loving where you live besides Jesus, I would say that would be Tom. Not only does he love his community, but can I tell you, he loves the state of Oregon. He loves where he lives, and he, every church he goes to is his home church, and I love that, and he loves that. Today, when Tom comes to communicate, Tom is the real deal. His passion is very, very vibrant, and he's very, very sincere. And uh, Tom, I wanted to say thank you, not in and out of embarrassment or put you on the spot, but thank you for investing in the state of Oregon, in the young people of the state of Oregon for so long. But even more personally than that, 
Thank you for investing in my family. Thank you for investing in my son, Trenton, and my daughter, Sydney, and my son, Alex. You had a great impact in his life and my daughter, Allie. Thank you so much because your fingerprint in loving where you live has impacted my home. So thank you so much. Would you give Tom a round of applause this morning? Well, that's crazy because right now I can go, amen, let's go. <laughs> Loving where you live. I love it. Youth Alive. Let me just give you a breakdown of what we've been up to lately. So if we'll go to the next slide. Uh, the first one on here is going to show my family. And I just wanted to introduce you because if this is my home this morning, this is your family. And this is the deal. I'll give you addresses and phone numbers lately and their birthdays and their anniversaries and all that type of stuff. Christmas is still eight months away, so we can stop and talk about that later, what they want. But, yeah, we have expectations here with family, okay? So this is, this is everybody. Actually, it's missing one, two, three, three grandkids. So let's go to the next slide because that's where all five of them are. Uh, the sixth one was born last Sunday, so I don't have uh, Trip on there yet. Trip is Oscar Watson the third, and so the three is Trip. Isn't that cool? So there we go. So uh, my favorite one is right here uh, with Eddie with his hands up. We were at Crater Lake that week, and he was like, "Dudes, if you're not going to worship, I'm going to worship." Yeah, no. Anyway, so uh, he was probably grunting or something. Anyway, so uh, we're going to go on. Keep going. We're going to talk a little bit. There they are today. Um, that's all five of them. And the middle one here just had a new little brother being born. I know, right? Uh, okay, let's move. I don't have much time. So let's go to the next. So we want to see all of Oregon's teenagers know Jesus. All right. That yeah, was like eight of you. I'm so happy. Yeah. So again, there are roughly one million teenagers and children in the state of Oregon, and we want them all to know Jesus. And that means they're your grandkids, your great-grandkids, your nieces, your nephews, your neighbors. We want all of them to know Jesus. And when, you, when I get to my message this morning, you're going to see the flow of what I'm talking about. Because again, uh, when I first started out 20 years ago, um, it, I thought it was my job. And I went, okay, this, let's get this done. And so you'd get done with the four years of high, you know, high schoolers, and you go, well, we didn't get it done there. We'll get it done the next four. And you didn't get it done there. And you'd, again, you're following the process here. So we need all of us as missionaries to Oregon. I'm here recruiting Youth Alive missionaries and Chi Alpha missionaries and anybody that ministers in the state of Oregon because Oregon is a mission field. It is an unreached people group. All you have to do when you hear other missionaries use that, that, that lingo, all you have to do is go to an elementary school, a junior high school, a middle school, a high school, or to a college and understand we don't have to go overseas to find an unreached people group. They're right here. In fact, I was at many of, well, four of them in the surrounding area this morning Got here early, went to the schools, prayed like I always do. Why? Because I believe prayer moves the hand of God. And I believe that your teenagers, your children deserve, deserve to know Jesus. And so we want them to know Jesus. And I believe that we're still in that place where God moves and he touches. And, well, there's just some stories I'll share. Anyways, go to the next one. 
Uh, our mission is to grow, go, and give your life away to teenagers. We want them to grow daily, want them to go out and live their lives, and then give their lives away for eternity so that they can be all that God's called them to do. The latest thing that we're doing is we're training students in Alive in Five as well as how to share their faith, pray, live, and tell. We want them to do all three of those things while they're walking on a public school campus. And you might say to yourself, well, prayer they can't really do. No, that's not true. If you have a math test on, on Friday and you didn't study Thursday night, you're praying. Right? You're just praying. So that's, we, we teach students how to pray. We believe it's the first step of evangelism. We believe it's what you do as you're walking the hallways. It's what you do when you're sitting in a classroom. It's what you do when you go on a sports team. It's what you, touching the throne room of God and asking God to do what God does best, which is draw all men and women to himself. And so that's our goal. So let's move to the next one. Uh, obviously, prayer is a huge part of that. Oregon Prayer Force is something many of you have been a part of for years. Maybe you would remember the stickers up in the left-hand corner of your window uh, of your car, and as you're driving through a school zone, you slow down to pray. This is something that's starting tomorrow morning. Every one of you can participate in doing something that will radically change Oregon. Come on, people. Prayer radically changes things or let's do this let's just quit and let's go somewhere else because that's what I believe God's hand moves when we pray so what if as we're driving through a school zone and you see the five-sided sign of the mother and daughter that are walking and you know they're they're praying together no they're not but now you'll look at it and go oh that's the prayer sign and you slow down because you have to and you got to get down to 20 miles an hour because you know there's a police officer at the other end of that. And you slow down and you don't close your eyes. Please don't close your eyes. But you pray, simple prayer, 15-second prayer. God, I pray for every student on that campus and every teacher and every administrator that you draw them to yourself. For every Christian, God, that you would open a door for them to share their life of Christ with them. And that's a simple prayer. Now, if we haven't been doing that, is it any wonder that God may not be moving. What if we did? What if we did and we said, you know what? I know that there's a battle in the heavenlies that takes place between where God is and where we are, and it may take some time, so I'm just going to continue to pray. Because we have places across the Oregon where people have been praying for a lifetime, and right now we are seeing an outpouring of God's Spirit in a way that we've never seen it before. And I'm excited to say that God is doing something huge. But if you need one of these stickers, see me after the service. I'll be back at the table for a few minutes before I have to go. Go to the next slide. We also uh, That's Prayer Zone Partners. Oregon Prayer Force is also a Facebook page where you can pray with us with 3,000 people that are praying across the state of Oregon. This is the Prayer Zone sign. Go to the next one. Uh, the next one is Student Prayer Mission where we're getting students to pray as they're walking across their campuses. It's an Instagram page where we're invited students to hear youth pastors invite them to prayer every morning. Go to the next one. Uh, we do a lock-in called Teen Encounter. I wish I had time to share that. It's 35 years of doing it, and man, I wish you were on a, a fly on the wall seeing what God does on a Friday night at a Teen Encounter. It's amazing. Go to the next one. Uh, we do Oregon Coast Forum. It's also a place for youth pastors and children's pastors to come, relax, pray, be built up in Christ, uh, to hear best practices and build relationships. It's just amazing. And we've been doing that for about seven or eight years now. So it's exciting to see what God's doing through that. 
Go to the next one. Uh, Central Oregon Youth Camp, we've been doing that for 15 or 16 years now. And again, it's so exciting to see what God's doing through that. Go to the next one. Uh, Oyama, you have two of our students here. So we are so proud of Sarah and Jesse and how, what amazing, amazing servants of God that they are. And we just thank you for loving them well. Thank you for loving them well. They uh, I rarely, well, I won't tell you what I hear from other students, but these two, we hear so much good stuff, so much good stuff of how much you've loved them. And that's what we're doing with part of our ministry. We've been doing that since 2008, 2007, and God's doing some amazing things. I think, Damien, 20, how many do we have? 20 some odd in ministry? 28 in ministry across the state of Oregon. Oh, and by the way, we threaten them. They can't leave Oregon. They're here for good. Go to the next one. We also run a, a secondary program called Compass. And the idea behind Compass is just for a nine-month gap year program where students can come, strong discipleship, love Jesus, and figure out where they're supposed to go instead of spending $100,000 on a degree they won't use. Right? <laughs> Let's figure that out. Go to the next one. Uh, this is uh, our last one, and I'm going to share just a couple of stories out of this, but we, we, we've done school assemblies. We have campus clubs that are still going. We promote Campus Serve and Campus Day uh, one day during September where we're asking everybody just to pray for the schools. But campus clubs are exploding again in the state of Oregon. It's not just a simple thing. It's an, it's an explosive thing. I was just up in uh, Portland this last week, nine students from three different high schools came together and said, we want to start a Bible club on our campus. One of the, the bigger clubs that we have in the state of Oregon is found in Rainier. They've been praying for years and years and years and years for God to move on their campus. And they're running about 130 kids every two weeks in their Bible club of a school of 400 students. And over the last three months, they've seen over 30 plus students come to Christ during the Bible club. Uh, so if you guys think that God was removed off of the public school campus, you're wrong. You are believing the wrong news broadcaster because the good news is this. Jesus is doing it, and God is raising up a new generation to get the job done. And what we need more than anything else in the whole wide world is a covering of prayer. That's what we need more than anything else in the world. And then secondly, we need to do what my message is this morning. And that's where I'm going to go right now. If you have your Bibles, turn with me back to Mark chapter 12. We're going to be in verses 30 and 31. And I'm just going to read this for us today. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Father, I just pray that just in these short few moments that I have with, with these people this morning, that your Holy Spirit would guide the remainder of my words, whatever I say, whatever I do, that it might glorify you and the kingdom of God. We're just asking, God, that you would uh, be blessed by what's said and done. And Father, more than that, I pray that this morning we wouldn't step out of church saying, oh, that was just a good church sermon, but God, that we would apply God, we would apply. That, Father, we would not just be people that are warming a pew and leaving an indentation in a pew. But, God, that we would be 
used of you on a daily basis, that we would hear your voice as we break open your word and we read through it, that we would be challenged every day to live out our faith daily for the kingdom of God. Father, I pray that we would never once be caught not living love. God, I pray that when you look down, you're proud of your church. That, God, your, your chest gets puffed up when you look. Not, not in the idea of pride, but proud of your kids. Because, God, that's what you intended all of us to do. To live your love out loud. So, God, I pray that this morning your Holy Spirit again would be with us. In Jesus' near, name, I pray. Amen. If you haven't noticed something this morning, I am fat. I'm bald, and if you don't want, if you don't want to be blinded, turn your eyes, because I'm going to point it down, Sam. I'm bald, and, and I'm fairly old. And so uh, I live with that in my mind often. I think about it a lot. Uh, when I am pounding food at 9 o'clock at night in an unhealthy way, I think about how fat that's going to make me. I think about, uh, I wonder what people will think of me when I'm standing up in front of a church and I turn sideways and they see the, that I'm level because there's a bulge in the middle. I, I think constantly about, I ask my wife, honey, if I could grow hair again, would that be great? And she says, no, I like you bald. Well, that's a plus. I can't do anything about my age, but as a youth specialist... Do you know anybody 60s still doing it? I mean, come on. So last Wednesday night, I was with a youth group, and to be honest with you, they were rambunctious at the least. And right at the altar call, six of them got up and walked out. And I, I, as I'm preaching, I went, God, is it because I'm old? One thing you'll know about me, if you don't know me really well, is, is God told me when I started into this ministry 27 years ago that I had to live my life out loud. And it was because if I lived my life out loud, people could learn from my mistakes and learn from my wisdom and grow from those things. And so this morning, I'm not, I'm not sharing something with you that other, I don't share with other people. But I wrestle with that part on that verse where it says, love yourself. Love yourself. As I wrestle with that thought of loving myself, I, I wrestle with that sounds prideful and arrogant. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to do that. I, am I supposed to do that old, I love myself, I think I'm grand, I go to the movies and hold my hand, you know, that type of thing? Or am, is it more than that? And what is it about that that is so, why did, why did Jesus, why did God include this portion in this because all the rest seems really natural to listen to until you get to the as you love yourself. I'm selfish. I am challenged by comparison. Pastor mentioned that this morning. I compare my life with other people. I compare my life with the 27 other youth alive missionaries across the country. 
And I see other guys doing things differently and their ministries are huge. And uh, one of my best friends does close to 80 school assemblies a year. And we do zero. And on a monthly basis, I'm supposed to fill out missions reports. And on that missions report, they say, how many have been saved? How many have been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And how many of them have been water baptized? And I go, zero, zero, zero. I wrestle with who I am. I wrestle with how I was brought up. I wrestle with what I was taught. I wrestle with all these things. And yet, God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. I've lived with self-degradation and self-loathing for a lifetime. There was a period of time as an early intern in a church where I even considered suicide. How does one overcome that in a society and a culture that is so selfish? How does somebody get to the point where they love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. How do we get to love ourselves? I love the fact that God's word is is so beautiful and, and gives us so many of the answers and so much of, of what needs to be shared and how it needs to be shared and to who it needs to be shared and when it needs to be shared. And that's what I love about the Word is that we get into the Word and it becomes life to us and it teaches us so many things about about ourselves and how we need to change and what needs to take place. And when you read one verse and I read the same verse, you might get something out of it that is totally different than me because that means God's talking to me and he's talking to you. And I love that about who he is. But this is considered the greatest of all commandments that I am supposed to love myself. And the, the truth of the matter is, is that when we become selfless, we become more focused on other people than our reach and our scope of what we are begins to be forgotten, as it were, and we put our focus on other people. And as we love other people with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love that neighbor, God does the work on us. A few months ago, I had a, a neighbor that... Um, all in one month. This is the crazy part. And it was about the time that I, I was speaking to your youth group back in September. And my neighbor um, had contracted cancer. And uh, we saw him hauled off uh, into an ambulance. It was already late stage four cancer. Um, he had been working at Target one day, fell. Uh, and he never went back to work and he never left his bed. It was that bad what had taken place. And um, he had lived next to me for years. And I'd seen him come and go, and I'd greeted him, said hello to him, all these things. And then all of a sudden, as God's continuing to grow me, I'm sitting there going, I need to get in and talk to him. I need to share the gospel with him, because maybe he doesn't even know the gospel. And what happens if Tom Bachman's neighbor ends up in hell someday? How do I love him well? Well, I hadn't loved him well to this point. And you know what happened? 
Because I hadn't loved him well, the family didn't let me in. And because of all that, one month almost to the day he passed away. I've had these type of things in our lives. I can tell you about a young man that was shot in the back of head uh, five times by Tualatin Police Department because he was he he messed up one night and he was killed. And I did his funeral. And I'd been in his life every day for the past eight or nine summers, every single day of the summer. His name's Jordan. I can tell you about a young man in high school that I went to school with through middle school and the first part of his high school career. His name's Steve Gajero. At 15 years old, he got his motorcycle's license. At 16 years old, he drove his motorcycle through a barbed wire fence and was literally cut in half. Steve's, Steve's been in hell now 35 years. Tell you about Kathy Phelps, who I went to school from basically elementary school all the way through senior and high school. Drove her car off a cliff night of graduation. You say, well, that's just four. Yeah, but those four haunt me. Because I had opportunity. I was supposed to love them. But yet, all through that time, I can look at each one of these. I can say, Jordan had this cool vibe about him. Steve Gajero was an athlete. Kathy was a friend to everybody. And I can look at each one of these and come up with a use of them in my life because if I, I connected my life to their life, then they drug me along. It was self, it was for me. It wasn't for them. I didn't think once about them. And see, what God's asking us to do is love our neighbor as ourselves. So define neighbor for yourself. And then define, do you love yourself? Because I don't know as you can love others without loving yourself. I mean, there's certain things that we do. We brush our teeth. We comb our, well, you jerks. <laughs> right? Don't you hate it? No, I love it. I don't. I love it. Shampoo is all I need. Because <laughs> it cleans everything. Anyway, so I don't have to comb my hair when I'm done. I just dry it. and I, Yay! Man, there's a lot of men that understand this today. Thank you. I love your church. It's so wonderful being here. I feel like I belong. Guys, this is the deal. God says love yourself so that we can love others. Some of you, uh, again, I'm, I'm just going to share just a story from my family. Some of you have heard part of the story. You haven't heard recent um, it's been a while since I've been here, but uh, John, my youngest son, is on a journey towards God. And if you want to know if he's serving Jesus today, ah, man, I want to know. I just want to know, God, show me the line. Anybody understand what I'm saying? I want to know where the line is, and I wonder if he's on the right side of the line, if that makes sense. I don't care if he's, his foot's halfway on the line. I want to know he's on the line or better. And I don't know. Because I'm not God, just like I can't for sure tell you that Steve, Kathy, Jordan are in hell. I can't. But this is the deal. My son had this incredibly difficult childhood, even listening, living in a pastor's home. 
And during that time, he, uh, he was bullied relentlessly. He was the small kid in school. So if you know the small kid, that was my son. So when he was in the seventh grade, he looked like he was in the fifth grade. When he was a senior, he looked like he was a freshman. So that kind of kid. So he's constantly picked on. Um, the girlfriend, the one girlfriend that he ever had in high school, she dumped him, you know, broke his heart. Uh, at, from 9 to 12, we didn't know, but he had been abused by a man in our church. Um, and that created an angry John, an angry son all the time. We didn't know it until he was 18. But I can remember this one time that twice during his middle school years, and this is his words to me, that as he was going through his middle school years, about the time that he was being abused by a man in the church, he developed this friendship with a young man that was a, a junior or senior in the youth group. His name was Rob. And Rob took him out and hung out with him, with he and his brother John, and there were great days where they loved my son. They loved their neighbor. If you would sit down with John today, he would tell you that because of that, he didn't commit suicide. It takes time to do what I'm talking about. To love your neighbor is a time thing. And so why we're not very good at it is because what time we do have is, Hey, Joe, how you doing? Good. Have a great day, Joe. Literal neighbor. When we're at our workplace, we get into the lunch and we become a part of the conversation that presently is going on. And yes, the light of Jesus is burning in us. Yes, that is happening. That's what the Holy Spirit uses in those instances. But there are times where if we would just be real with our, our people that we work with, there would be more questions that would be asked. Right? Because life is real, and that's what the world is looking for. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. What kind of a person are you? Are you a person of self-deprecation? Or are you a, pers a person of unselfishness? Because the truth of the matter is this. We can't fulfill the love of the Lord your God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength if we don't love ourselves. We can't fulfill love our neighbor if we don't love ourselves. My mom, if you'll throw that picture up, my mom... Uh, was this amazing, amazing lady. In uh, 2009, uh, she contracted cancer. If you'll go to the next picture. Uh, she, in this picture, it's about a month before she passed away. And so um, I ran up on a Friday to, down to see mom and Eugene, and uh, dad said she has a note for you. Um, just a backstory at 18. She had an affair with another man in the community. There, my dad and mom's relationship came through it. They were married 52 years when she passed. Um, that's a picture of her about four to six weeks before. I run up to her room on this Friday. She hands me a note. The cancer's destroyed her voice, voice box and her short-term memory. She hands me the note, and it says, I don't think I get to go to heaven because of what I did. This is my mom. 
73 years of being my mom. I didn't know why she was angry because apparently I didn't take the time to figure it out. I didn't love her well because I thought her anger was always at me. And I took that personally and made it all about me rather than loving her. How many times do we hear somebody's story and we listen to it and we go, oh man, they're just so angry, so bitter, so out there, so removed from society, and then we cut them off because we think they have no hope. Well, the, the hope is you in Jesus. Our community of Salem is waiting for us to live our lives out loud, to live our lives in a fashion that we care more about others than we do even about ourselves. Why? Because God said, love them. They're your neighbor. That's who Jesus came to die for. This is what God's asking us to do. Long story short, the note said, I don't think I get to go to heaven because of what I did. Prayed with mom. Amazing moment. Get done. She hands me another note. I think, Pastor Kevin, this is one I'm going to keep in my Bible forever. And it says, I don't think I get to go to heaven because of what I did. In that moment, she had forgotten what we had just done. Maybe you don't understand this, but my prayer changed that day. God, don't heal my mom. Take her home. That was my prayer. Go to the next slide, if you would. This is John when he was being abused. And uh, his life, he ended up in Afghanistan, ended up killing two people over there. Now mount all of this stuff back into his life. And he comes home and he's broken. Literally broken. His mind is broken. Some of you understand what I'm talking about. We've had twice since he's come home where... Uh, both times he cried out because he was going to commit suicide. One night he left his mom and I after being out of his mind and went home and turned off all the electric locks and was going to end his life. I don't know where he stands today. You'll go to the next slide. First part of September last year, I had my first vision. That's when I knew I was an old man. <laughs> it wasn't one of those that I'd, I'd like to laugh at because it was this picture in my mind standing before God. And God um, was very gracious and wonderful to the whole family as he went. From the left side to the right side, back to Daylene and I, and then to Krista and John. And he was welcoming them, saying the things you know all of us want to hear. Welcome, thou good and faithful servant, and, and, and welcome because of what you've done. And he did these lists of things that each one of our kids had done. And every uh, he talked about the grands that they just get to come because they're not at that age of understanding yet. And it's just like a great time. And he finally gets to John. And he says these words, depart from me, I never knew you. And I'm going to yell, so just be prepared for that. I don't want anybody to have a heart attack. But this is what rose up within me. No!
Church, when we love our neighbor, we become the bridge between that. Jesus, as he hung on the cross, if you want to have an imagery, Jesus is the bridge. And I know what Jesus said. We've all seen it. We've seen movies about what Jesus said on the cross. But if you'll just close your eyes with me in a minute for a minute, I want you to see him hanging on the cross, and this is what he was doing. No! No! For Tom Bachman's son, John. No! For your cousin. For your aunt. For your mom. For your dad. No! I'm hanging on the cross so that they won't perish. And he looked at us again and said, yes, they're the ones. Yes, if they're the ones, they're the ones that if they live out their faith, yes, if they will love me with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind and with all their strength and love their neighbor. As much as they love themselves. Loving them the way Jesus loved. I'm asking you today, what will you do when you leave here today? Because to be honest with you, I don't want you coming up and telling me, oh, that was a great sermon. That's the last thing I need to hear. What God needs to hear, yes, Lord, what would you have me do today? God, who do I need to go home and call and ask for forgiveness because I've broken the relationship? God, how do I put time, not, not carve out time, not, not force? God, I pray for us this morning. As you, our Heavenly Father, God, be God. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Tom, so appropriate as you step us into phase three of Love Where You Live. We've learned that we've got to be personally transformed. We've learned that we have to impact our families, but there's also this huge need that we need to love our circle. We need to love the people that we come in contact with. How many are walking away with a sense of passion as well as conviction? Uh, Tom, thank you for living out loud. I didn't know all the details, but thank you for sharing those. The reason I say thank you is because I publicly commit that I'm going to pray for John differently than I've ever prayed for him. But you've lived that out. You've lived your life so well. I think of your 30 years of ministry, and not to exalt Tom, but to look at a man who has walked it day by day by day by day, in the middle of brokenness, in the middle of 
insecurities like all of us face. And I guess the reason I point that out today is this very fact. Because all of us in this room have our own baggage. And what I am inspired by is that, number one, God's word tells me to do this, but I can look at a man who did it in the midst of all of his brokenness and go, I can do that too. Amen? Can you do that too? Today we have an opportunity to support Tom. We do already, but to support Tom in a different fashion. Maybe you've never heard him before and you want to step into that. But also to support Youth Alive once again. Uh, Tom's life in ministry has been perseverance, long obedience in the same direction. I think of the people that he's touched and probably in reality, my heart says, my mind says, Tom probably has one of the greatest impacts in the state of Oregon than any other person on the planet. His voice is a loud voice. His voice has touched my life. He's now touched your life. And I go, what, what better way to extend that voice than to support him? This message needs to be preached in every single church across the state. This message needs to be communicated because it is the heart and passion of God. Paul writes to us in Romans chapter 10. He says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one in whom they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one in whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Today I stand and go, Tom, how beautiful are your feet that you have brought the gospel. Even though you feel like you failed in areas and all of us, not only are we thanking Tom and not only are these words to him, but can I tell you these words are to us and how we've loved our neighbor. How we've loved our neighbor. So how can they hear Tom, you've given us a commissioning service today to go. And today we want to partner with you as you've partnered with us. Today on the screen, you're going to see a QR code. Uh, some of you are like going, how does this work? Because we're still in this newfangled age. If you want to get your camera out, zoom in on it, hit on it, it'll take you to the link where you can pledge as give. Um, pledge means a long, a month after month after month, continuous giving. And the giving is just an offering today. I want to bless Tom. I want to honor him because a, worber, wor, a labor is worthy of their hire, but I also want to labor, I also want to honor the mission that he is accomplishing for Jesus Christ. How many want to partner with that? Would you help us, help us bless him? Heavenly Father, today I thank you God, I just thank you for your grace. God, I thank you for your mercy. God, as I hear this message, I just hear this reverberating love of God that is continuous towards me, towards us. God, as I lead this congregation today, I pray, would you forgive me for being self-absorbed? God, forgive us for being selfish. Forgive us for, getting, for, for, for forgetting why we're here and what we do. God, I pray over hearts that are struggling loving themselves. 
God, would you transform hearts and minds? Would you do what only you can do? Would you help them to see how you see them? God, would you do a healing work? Would you do a restorative work? God, would you do a redemptive work in the name of Jesus? God, you loved us so much. Help us to love ourselves the way you love us. God, I pray that today. And God, in the process of all of that, as you love us, as we love ourselves, help us to love you with all of our heart. Change us today. Help us to love you first and foremost, and God, help us to love others. God, I pray that this would be, I, I feel this is transformational at Relevant Life Church. This marks us today, April 2nd, 2023. God, is a stamp on our lives. God, let it permeate and shape us in a different way. God, I thank you for this man. I thank you for his life. I thank you for his sacrifices. I thank you for the victories as well as the failures. God, I thank you that he is living his life out loud, that everything that he has done has shaped him to be the man that he is today. And God, you're not done with him. God, we thank you for his life. We pray blessing upon him. We pray, pray open doors that no man can shut. God, we pray opportunities that are beyond even his understanding and beyond his comprehension. God, we thank you for the lives that he has impacted and the lives that he will impact. And God, right now, I just feel, God, that we're, we're, I want to intercede for John in the name of Jesus. God, you know him. You love him. You died for him. You are present in the middle of every impact on his life. God, I pray for healing, healing of his mind, transformation in his thinking. God, would he know that there is a God that loves him, not just a God that he's heard about, not just a God that someone has told him that loves him, but God, would he encounter you in such a dynamic way? And God, that doesn't have to be in the middle of a service. That can be in the middle of a dream. That can be in the middle of a moment driving down the road. Holy Spirit, hound of heaven, you know John and you, know, you love him. God, you have the moment, you have the time, and God, we just pray, God, surround him, encapsulate him. What the enemy has meant to harm and to destroy and to maim and to debilitate, God, you, have, you will use, you will use for glory. God, as much as Tom wants restoration, you want it more. As much as Tom wants redemption and Daylene wants redemption and salvation, God, you want it more. So God, today we call that in. God, would you shape it? Would you work it? God, everyone across this room, God, who has a loved one or a neighbor, would you, at this moment, I want to just, let's bring it home and I want us to go right now to a, a neighbor. Who's your neighbor? Who's the neighbor? Who's the neighbor? God, right now we pray for that neighbor. Come on, would you just begin to pray for that neighbor? God, we pray for that neighbor. God, we pray for our heart first and foremost towards that neighbor. God, would you give us a heart of compassion, a heart of grace, a heart of love, a heart to be able to look beyond differences and oddities. God, would you give us a commitment to not just pray, but to also build a bridge. God, the practice of this is so powerful. God, I know that we can begin to look at our neighbors and get overwhelmed. God, give, give us a heart for the neighbor. God, I pray, move us. Move us, I pray. 
God, today I thank you for every person that's online, every person that is in this room. God, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your conviction. I thank you for the word that was delivered today and it's faithful. It's a continual seed that has gone out. God, may our hearts be receptive to that seed. Would you lay your heart, hands on your hearts today? God, as that seed went out today, may you change our hearts. May it be seed that goes deep. God, that doesn't fall upon rocky soil or hard soil, but God falls upon a fertile soil that is going to produce something in us and change us. And God, we thank you for it today. And everyone said, amen, amen. Our prayer team is coming around the front at this moment. We believe in the power of prayer, the power of healing, the power of restoration. They will lay their hands on you according to God's word in James and anoint you with oil. And we believe that you will be healed if you need healing today. We believe that you will be redeemed or, or refocused in areas that you need to do so. So as our prayer team comes, if you would come so that, that others find the confidence and know that, know that you're here. As I look across, I'm not sure who that is, but if you would come, make your way up to the front. Uh, and uh, we would thank you so much for that. God bless you. Have an amazing week this week. We got a lot on the calendar, a lot of things happening. Make sure you sign up for those things as well as be present. Stop by and get your prayer zone sticker from Tom. Give him a hug around his neck. And uh, Thank you so much for being here. We'll see you next Sunday as we gather together to celebrate the most epic day of history, and that's Easter. So come on, let's do it. Here at Relevant Life Church, it's our mission to see people connect with God, relate to one another, and reach our world. This single statement drives everything we do as a church. Our hope is that today you were encouraged in this. Thank you for joining us, and have a blessed day.